Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Welcome back to House of Wrestling, everybody. It's me, Nick Hausman. Please take your shoes off at the door. Take your hat off, your coat off. Throw something over here on the table. Come on into the living room because sitting here by the fireside, sitting next to Willow, the beautiful little beagle, is our very good friend from post-wrestling, the first of two post-wrestling guests this week. He's one of the two co-founders. It's Wei Ting. Wei, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me here today. Thank you for inviting me to the House of Wrestling. Be a beautiful carpeting here. Um, you know, nice drapes. Um, just, just a lovely, lovely decor in, in this brand new home. Thank you. We went on a Bed Bath and Beyond uh, shopping spree here recently, and it's really turned the place around. But you all, what great neighbors to have here in the pro wrestling journalism neighborhood? You guys, a lot like me, way you were. You've gone out and you're doing your own thing. You've created your own news platform. Uh, people tell me that watching me, what I do has really helped inspire them. But man, I was inspired by you, like you and John picking up the ball after what happened uh, with live audio wrestling and everything. You guys have you've become the real deal. You're a real outlet now way. How does that feel? Well, thank you so much. Yeah. Uh, you know, we've been in operation for a little over five years at this point. And um, honestly, the time has just kind of flown by, especially in these pandemic years, you know, um, and wouldn't you know it? It's just it, it, it's it's been, I would say, you know, at least it, it's been way more successful than we ever imagined, certainly from the beginning. Um, so it feels wonderful to be able to do this full time as a, it's a blessing, you know, as I'm sure you'll agree, Nick, you oh, yeah. know, especially in like a current media landscape as difficult as it could be, you know, working for another person. But um I, it's wonderful, honestly. You know, we have incredible support from our audience through uh, something like a Patreon that that allows us to do this, and uh, it's it's been a lot of work. Not gonna lie, as I'm sure you understand, but uh, completely rewarding in the process. Oh yeah, hundred percent. And a big week for you guys. The reason I'm having uh, you and John on this week, or not only because of this, because I like you both, but this uh, weekend. Forbidden Door 2 is going down in your backyard of Toronto. Are you guys feeling the energy right now of this big show? Well, I, I haven't exactly been, uh, you know, stepping outside and seeing people waving their, like, you know, New Japan AEW flags just yet. But I'm sure that'll uh, that'll take place a little bit later on. I will feel the energy very soon because, um, yes, it is a show that's happening in our backyard. We, we have a lot of people that we know from around the world that are actually coming specifically to the show. Uh, we're also throwing a little bit of a, you know, pre and post party as well around the arena. So... We will definitely feel it, I'm sure, come Saturday. And yeah, man. Yeah, man. And it's it's a kind of a weird show, right? Like, the card has some bangers on it, like Danielson and Okada and Osprey Omega. Mm -hmm. But there's been almost, like, no build for it. It's just kind of a card that exists in a bubble or a, a vacuum at the moment, I feel like. 
Well, I mean, it's just because of the lack of access, really, to to the to the half of the roster. But I mean, this was something that occurred last year, and of course, last year they were, you know, they they they, they met a lot of unexpected injuries, uh, principally, you know, to somebody like a CM Punk. But this year, um, everything seems to be laid out fine. Knock on wood. You know, hopefully, another the matches change last minute. But um, I think they also learned from last year that hey, like if we have hot matches we don't need much TV time to promote. You know, these are matches that sell themselves on paper, especially a Kazuchika Okada versus Brian Danielson, and especially a Will Ospreay versus Kenny Omega, a match that I think, you know, is already proof from earlier this year at the Tokyo Dome that, I mean, it is among, if not the match of the year thus far. So number two, you just have to put it on paper, and that's really all you have to do. All right. Well, hey, we got a lot of wrestling to get to here today. And if you are watching us right now in Technicolor and video form, you are watching us on the Premier Streaming Network. You want to see these first-run episodes of House of Wrestling Tuesday, Thursday, noon Eastern. you got to head over to Premier Streaming Network. That's watchonpremiere.com. Sign up for Premier Plus. You get to see all of the shows that we have here in the archives in video form before they hit the House of Wrestling podcast feed. And, man, over on the House of Wrestling podcast feed, we got all the audio from the House of Wrestling shows along with all the audio of all the interviews I do, not just for House of Wrestling, I also do a weekly uh, big interview for Inside the Ropes. Uh, yesterday on the House of Wrestling feed, I had one for me, House of Wrestling, Gringo Loco. Uh, if you haven't seen him over in Ring of Honor, AAA, wherever, Gringo Loco, you've most likely seen on your Twitter feed uh, because he's doing some of the most insane things inside of a professional wrestling ring. Uh, a way I don't know where you treated to the viral moment. He's calling it the ultimate Lucha Bomb but it's really like a double tower of doom. He's got two people stacked on his shoulders, does a little hip twist, and then power bombs them both. I've never seen anything like it. Uh, you know, um, I, I maybe uh, we could try try it at some point here. You know, in your backyard in this wonderful house of wrestling. <laughs> yes, Not okay. seeing the clip itself, but uh, Gringo Local works a lot here in the Toronto area. So maybe at some point I'll get to see it live. Well, I know the interview got a lot of love yesterday. He commented on how doors open to WWE, but he really wants to make his name in ROH and AEW, where Tony Khan just recently put him over. So you go check that out over on the feed. Tomorrow, I'm going to have my interview with Dylan Postle, a.k.a. Hornswoggle. That one's for Inside the Ropes. All of it on the House of Wrestling podcast feed. Feel free to leave us a nice comment. All that stuff helps us keep alive on the charts. And, of course, if you like this show, if you like House of Wrestling, go to houseofwrestling.com, H-A-U-S of wrestling.com. Everything we talk about here on the show, I have some form of written coverage up on the site of breakdowns, analysis, extra information. Go check out HouseOfWrestling.com. And with that, let's get to the news. Man, last week when we left Offway, uh, everybody was a buzz about this ESPN article that was going to come out. And it was supposed to create all kinds of problems. Wade Keller said it was going to create problems. Everybody else was getting nervous, felt like the, the ground was being set for something really bad, and this ESPN article came out, and granted, you know, he does call out Hangman Page, who I guess he doesn't have any kind of NDA or legal stuff out uh, in regard to, says that, you know, after all of the back and forth, when they got time for the match, you know, he chopped him in the face and knocked out part of Punk's tooth. He also made it clear, once again, vociferously, that he had nothing to do with Colt Cabana being uh, asked to having him fired or removed from the locker room. And he, he said that he apologized for the AEW all-out media scrum. And in particular, he said shortly after it had happened, he sat down and apologized to Tony Khan directly. So with all of that way, this article comes out before collision. You take a read. What's your takeaway from this thing? Hmm. 
Mm, well, first of all, um, I, I like a, a lot of people might have been expecting something in video form, you know, something maybe even audio form that that was perhaps uh, unedited, um, you know, that 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 uh, we would have been able to hear directly from punk. I was not necessarily expecting a, a written piece uh, by Mark Ramondi, who did a tremendous job of uh, putting this into article form. Um, nonetheless, you know, reading it, I would, I mean, not like everybody, I, I don't know if it was as uh, controversial as I was expecting. Nonetheless, I thought he, it was the most sort of um, direct account about, um, you know, the all out brawl that, that we've had on, on record. Um, and it gave us a lot of insight into maybe Punk's mindset leading into the events of that particular uh, scrum. Um, I think certainly knowing that, you know, he and Paige talked about that segment beforehand and then having Paige basically come out and blindside him to be able to hear punks punk directly talk about, you know, what he sensed as a betrayal and the paranoia that, you know, um, set that, that was like basically, you know, created within him heading into the match. It does give me a level of sympathy for like why he reacted, but certainly does not excuse ultimately like, you know, how he behaved. It also, this article, you know, gave us the, the biggest amount of, I would say, um, remorse that we've seen from the punk side directly for him to be able to say he feels bad and he regrets what he did at the, at the press conference. The fact that he did apologize, at, you know, it sounds like in private to Tony Khan, um, I think goes a long way in at least, you know, patching things up from a fan's perspective about maybe where he stands. Um, of course, this being professional wrestling and this being in a public article, um, you certainly don't put it past uh, how much of this continues to be um, work and how much of this continue to, continues to be built towards a potential program down the road. You are as close to any, uh, you're probably closer to the situation than anybody. What was the article um, uh, matching with what, what you've been told and uh, totally. what you believe? Totally, totally. All of this was exactly what I was expecting. You know, I, I get I get a lot of finger pointing at me saying, "Why well, you you know you're you're on Punk's camp or whatever it may be." Guys, I ask around. I just don't always hear the same stuff that I'm here that everybody else is reporting when it comes to like how this is being spun negative negatively. The people that I've been talking to have continued to be kind of largely rational about this. An, an irrational thing happened. But that doesn't mean that people are going to become wildly irrational. It sounds like, yeah, people have been going through the motions the past couple of months. You know, I thought for sure at the end of 2022 that Punk was not going to come back to AEW. I thought things had gotten so bad. I thought that too many lawyers were involved. And then I went on vacation. I came back at the top of the year and something had happened in the three and a half weeks that I was down in Antarctica. And all of a sudden, it seems as if from what I gathered, Punk and his camp just didn't want to go through another big legal matter, right? Like, you can either go through the courts until the end of your contract, which we don't know exactly when that's going to be, or you could just say, hey, you know what? This is a shit situation. I'll just do whatever. Don't freeze my contract. Let's just try to keep the ball moving here. And I think that's the latter. I think that's kind of what happened in the situation. I will say that the big takeaway that I had from ESPN Gate is I really hope this is the end of the road for particularly the elite camp, because I don't think Punk's camp really does this, but getting ahead of the narrative, like trying to create a story or a conversation in preparation of another story coming out, to frame it, to try to create this kind of public discourse amongst reporters that is hugely distracting from what they are trying to accomplish at the moment, right? I think that 
the, the interview, if there had not been the 24-hour cycle of doom and gloom going into it, would have just been fine. We'd have moved on, gone to collision. People would have moved past. Instead, going into collision, all the focus is on the backstage area, bickering, all that kind of stuff that people just, wrestling fans don't want to, it doesn't make them excited. It doesn't make them want to watch TV. Hmm. They, they're keeping the focus now starting on Saturday night, I hope, in the ring. And I really hope this is kind of the end of the road for this kind of, you know, bickering amongst the news sheets, so to speak. Right. And, and so you are um, insinuating that, I guess, you know, the, the, the Wade Keller reports or, or just, you know, the, the sort of um, expectations about what's going into what was going into this ESPN article about there being some bombshell. You're insinuating that's from the elite camp. That I would that guess so, because here's what I think happened, way right? Based mm-hmm. off of what I've heard about how this article got put together. And by the way, I reached out to ESPN and tried to get an interview with Mark to talk about his reporting mm-hmm. and they politely declined. Totally understand. I tried to get to the source about it. But what I think happened here was I think that the interview with Punk happened like whatever, a couple days, a week before. And then the ESPN camp takes some quotes that Punk said. And just like in the article, it says where they we sent these to the uh, the Young Bucks and Tony Khan. They didn't respond to us to this to this request. So we know that that camp had select comments mm-hmm. that Punk was going to make that were going to be included in that. And whatever they saw, probably the hangman page, chip and teeth, maybe the the Colt Cabana stuff, whatever. That stuff that they saw is what they got upset about. And and that is what I think that these there's going to be something said that everybody hates narrative came from was was based off of these quotes that ESPN gave to certain people while trying to get comment from them. Right. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um. You know, I, I don't have as much of a knowledge of, you know, what gets said to, to media as uh, as you might. But um, I guess you, you can't necessarily help but like, you know, uh, <laughs> get upset if somebody's talking to you about something. Um, I, I, I would maybe just push back a little, Nick, on, on the idea that, um, you know, this sort of discourse does not make me want to watch Collision. If anything, I think <laughs> this was the best ad you could have had for a Collision. This is the biggest story that you could possibly have, you know going into your professional wrestling product. And that's provided that you get some reference to it and you eventually get some sort of program containing these. But again, that that's the big if, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that's where we, I think that's where the two, two roads diverge is in that moment right there. Right. I don't think that this is good because I don't know that it is going to something, right? There are a couple notes in here. Well, let me see. Let me see where we're going with this. Okay. So yeah, we got some, we got some backstage reporting here. Let's get to the, to the promo. We'll kind of throw some Mm -hmm. new wood on the fire here. So Punk comes out after this ESPN article. He opens up Collision. He's got this promo. He does this opening promo. I watched the whole thing back this morning, right? Uh, there were uh, He's tired of being this nice guy, right? Because he was always obviously such a nice guy. So nice, yeah. So nice. He's such a nice guy, but he's tired of it. He talks about how this is a business. It's not a popularity contest. He's got this bag with him that obviously has his old AEW world title in it, not the triple B, whatever MJF is carrying around. So that's the storyline part of it. But in the actual crux of it, he's got this line where he says David Zasloff, the current Warner Brothers Discovery CEO, calls him one bill, Phil, because uh, in uh, he is the one true bill in a business of counterfeit bucks. Now, it's a two-part line. One part, uh, the counterfeit bucks line, obviously a shot at the bucks. The one bill, Phil line is in reference to a potential $1 billion TV rights deal that Warner Brothers Discovery could make with AEW. Likely sometime before September 2024 when their TV rights deal now comes up. Um, And then uh, backstage, Fightful is saying that the reaction to this particular promo 
uh, was mixed. Now, he also had a line there where he said that some people feel that they are owed an apology and their fans feel they're owed an apology. And he said, if you feel like that, then you're softer than the wrestlers you support. Uh, that particular line where people were called soft, that was kind of seen as hypocritical. But by and large, people seem to be happy that he got out of his system what he wanted to. And according to the Fightful report, the Young Bucks were said to be okay with the promo and took it lightheartedly, which is the absolute first time I have heard any reference to the Young Bucks taking anything related to punk in stride. So I, did, I will say I, I did take that particular notice as something positive. Right, right. You know, my viewing of the promo was I thought it was an excellent sort of like first shot in 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 um in what really does feel like to me a program at this point, a professional wrestling feud and a program. Um, it was, you know, it, it, it was juicy enough that I think it satisfied anybody tuning into collision, hoping to hear punk at least address and reference the situation without giving you too much. I mean, it felt very much like, um, what do you call them? Like subliminals in like a rap beef battle, you know, where, um, audiences know that there's this going on between these two sides. One person might say something that might be in reference to somebody else. And you just kind of analyze it and break it apart. And it makes you want to see the next chapter. That's what this promo did. And I really find it difficult to believe that at this point tony khan after being through everything that he's been through would not have had some sort of approval process for something like this to allow this Agreed. on his first television show on tnt without understanding that there'd be some payoff that he's building to at the end of it it'd just be insanity um but hey at this point really anything is possible with these it's it's just so hard because I feel like Tony Khan is like trying to trying to wrestle a greased pig at this point, right? Where you can put your arms around the pig, but the pig's always going to slip out, right? Because you got these guys here right now where you want to be able to say you're you work for me, you do this, I have to know that. But if they go out there and don't do it, what's he going to do at this point, right? He needs all of these people here bringing in those quarter hour bumps, bringing in those. I mean, really, I don't think it's about T. I don't think T-shirts are. I think it's. I think it's about the TV ratings. He needs these people on TV bumping ratings because if they are going to get to that billion-dollar purse that's hanging over the ring right now, he needs as much firepower as he can. And it may not be good for business that they are going back and forth and building to a program that maybe we will never see. But it makes the talent feel better, and they keep showing up for work. That's really like the best case scenario for him right now you know and even if it if it takes a year from now for things to really cool down like you mentioned uh nick you know like the, the vibe from end of last year to now has been completely different if we're continuing on this trajectory hopefully if parties in the you know behind the scenes can get on the same page this could be the biggest program this company has ever had. It could be the biggest program in professional wrestling because it feels real. Um, and I think a promo like this, may, whatever is being spoken to the media behind the scenes, us reading, you know, uh, 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 and, and doing reporting, um, it's just making us completely engrossed in, in this story. And hopefully everybody can get on the same page and everybody can make a lot of money doing it. I, I just don't know, man. I just don't. I mean, I really just don't know. I will say I thought the Young Bucks line was promising. But then I see that uh, also in the report that, you know, Punk is expected to be a dynamite on Wednesday, the elite or not. Now, it's going to be taking mm -hmm. place in Chicago, right? So it seems like a layup here. But Forbidden Door is on Saturday, right? And I know you're saying these are just dream matches that don't need any build and maybe they'll have a vignette. But 
I mean, it feels to me that this kind of stuff is affecting their ability to tell stories and do business and things. I mean, just on the surface, right out of the gate. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, we'll see. I mean, at some point, um, come Saturday or sorry, come Sunday, they're gonna have to share a locker room together. So it's not like they have to remain exclusively um apart. Will from they? Because Punk's not, Punk and the elite guy. Well, Kenny's been announced, but Punk hasn't been announced. I know that the Kinta match is, you know, in the air, but mm -hmm. it's not official yet. You know, it's true. Yeah, I, 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 I guess it would be really telling if the Bucks are not on the same show as CM Punk. Like if the Bucks. And or CM Punk don't find a spot for themselves on an AEW pay-per-view. I find that kind of hard to believe, but we'll, we'll yeah. see. I, I I do. You know, I had somebody yesterday ask me how Kenny felt about it and all this. And again, like the reporting early on was that like Kenny and Punk had had some kind of words like right after the fight. And we're like, hey, shit goes south. No harm, no foul. My but beef was not with you. My beef is not with you. Right. Mm -hmm. And so like Kenny and punk sharing a locker room. I don't really think that's a, as big of a deal. It's at this point to me, it really is. Can the bucks and maybe even page, right. Mm. Mo and I don't think Cabana's opinion is relevant, but uh, can the bucks and page move on and do business here? Because if they can't, then we have a real issue, you know, like there were reports. I think it was also again, fightful coming out of the ESPN thing that AEW tried to have the hangman page comments taken out because they're trying to sign Hangman Page do a new deal right now, you know. Hmm. Uh, it it does. It, if the Bucks and Page are not happy and they want to leave, is Kenny lumped in with that? Does he walk with his friends? Does he stay? The next three to six months are going to be very, very. I mean, if you love backstage news, way you're going to really enjoy the next three six months. No, certainly. Yeah. <laughs> do you believe at this point there has been any effort uh, made to have the party sit down to talk things through? I believe that there's been an effort on Punk's side, but I, you know, I don't think that the, the I don't think that the Bucks and, and Page have. And here's the thing. Here's the truth of it. Right. There was a very brutal physical altercation here. If you believe some reports, this thing played out for like eight to ten minutes backstage. This wasn't like pop, pop, grab you. That's headlock. longer than his UFC career almost i think you lined up all his matches you could probably it would yeah. it would go the distance right mm -hmm. would and by the way would have been a lot more fun two-on-one if it had been both the bucks versus punk if you're gonna just do carny shit show in a ufc <laughs> ring just go ahead and do it all right well, larry in there as well larry the dog can be involved that's fine um but you know this thing sounded brutal right and like i've had people say little things here and there to me about it and i can't say those things out loud because i don't want to wind up in a lawsuit but it sounds like it was pretty bad, you know, mm -hmm. and if you are not like I, I think I said this in an interview with somebody the other day where it's like punk gets his ass kicked for fun. This guy goes to the gym. They beat him with wooden sticks and they choke him out. Right. That's not how the Bucks are training. Right. These guys are Reseda. They like to, 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 you know, do their their fake fights and whatever they want to do. But they're not guys that are going in there and getting their shit kicked for fun every day like punk. If there was a real fight that went down and, you know, pro UFC fighter CM Punk's head went off, I don't know what that grizzly bear off the chain looks like. Mm. Can you stand there and trust your yourself in good conscience in a PTSD state to work a program or be in the ring with them? I don't know. And that's that's the real 
kind of crux of what's going on at the moment, unfortunately. Yeah, certainly. I mean, if, if things are truly where they stand right now, um, obviously, I don't think we would see this by, you know, program take place by, by an all in, for instance. But a year from now, maybe all in next year, maybe all out next year. I certainly think that we're at least on the path to hopefully having all parties on the same page. But um, yeah, a lot has to happen before mm. that. Man, yeah. I, I like, you know, keeping them all under contract. That'd be a big thing. Um, so we'll see where we're at in a year. Uh, lastly here uh, on this, and there's no other thing I want to talk about from Collision 1 or 2, um, but as it, it wasn't already kind of implied here from our conversation, the, the Observer Newsletter saying that Collision's success, key to these upcoming TV rights negotiations. Uh, now, Warner Brothers Discovery is expected to pick up this one-year option that they have for significantly more uh, for this extra year on the contract, but not as much as has been rumored that they're going to be getting. So this is going to set their contract, their TV rights deal with Warner Brothers back to September 2024. And as Tony noted in the AEW uh, media scrum not long ago, the collision deal is attached to the current deal they have. And so they got to, you know, again, they got to get past all this bickering. They got to keep the focus on the product. They got to keep the focus on the ring because they're not going to get this big bag of money and change the business and change their lives. I, I think if you're keeping the focus on something going on backstage that may not manifest, which is where it is right now. I think the key is to make sure it manifests and to maybe have some, <laughs> some form of guarantee that it manifests. You know, honestly, it's, it's, it's the most interesting thing that is going on in the, not just in the company, but in professional wrestling. I hate to say it. Um, but a hundred percent, you know, I, I, I think, uh, this show needs to be successful. And, um, you know, we, we've had at least just one week worth of ratings to judge at, at, at by this point. But I would say a lot of people probably tuned in. And um, you have to do whatever you can to make sure that every single Saturday it's appointment viewing. Um, and I, I, I think it needs something juicy, like a CM Punk, you know, to be able to – a big promo from Punk or, or just any sort of allusions to what's going on. Um, and just good professional wrestling and quality, I would say. Uh, well, the, the, you know, I, I, the, the big thing for me was coming out of collision. There was no real big hook, right? You got mm -hmm. Punk comeback. You got his big win. Where do we go from here? I would have loved to have seen Samoa Joe bloody this guy and drag him around the ring, right? That's a program we could have jumped into. Seems like he's going to be working with Max. I think MJF versus Punk at Wembley makes a lot of sense, right? Chicago would make a lot of sense, too. Chicago, all out. all out. Yeah, sure. Okay. Yeah, great. Either or. But these are this is several weeks with programming already that I'm looking at that don't involve the elite. So that's at least yeah. where I think we're going to be starting out here. Um, but also on Collision, man, the other big angle, Luchasaurus, new TNT champion, Christian Cage, Bludgeons Wardlow with, I don't know, spray paint or sight. I don't even see. I was live. It was a photo cam uh, camera from the photographer. Yeah. photo camera yeah. so there you go so that was the other big angle that came out of collision here didn't really do a whole lot for me i feel like we've seen this angle from wardlow like four times already right i think wardlow i mean uh somebody put up the stat uh saying that wardlow has lost the tnt championship three times during orange cassidy's international title run so um wow. I, I i honestly don't know i mean wardlow i think has been a project with tony Khan's that i mean you need your originals and you you look at wardlow you look at where he was during the mjf feud and it makes complete sense why you would want to give that wardlow so many chances but man a year afterwards it really has not necessarily panned out and you have a roster that is begging for that sort of attention so at this point i don't know if you continue this this wardlow experiment at this level or if you do something drastically different for him and maybe right now is the time for something like a heel turn um but even then 
I'm not exactly sure, but a, a title change like this doesn't necessarily inspire me. You know, first of all, I th thought the match was good, but like you're talking about a show with great wrestling, a roster that uh, at least feels very special in some way. And I'm not getting that from Wardlow matches lately. I also thought the finish was, you know, just it was fine, but I thought it was a little bit too sort of sp sports entertainment gimmicky for, for my taste. And I'm not exactly excited by a rematch by these two either. Hey, I love the work that Christian and Luchasaurus are doing together right now. I think they're a great duo. I, I If they can get away from Wardlow and pick a new partner to dance with and, and make... Look, heel champions, I love heel champions, right? Everybody's chasing around Christian Cage and Luchasaurus. Great. The attention here is on, like, the Wardlow experiment. And like you say, do you continue at this level? It just kind of saddens and shocks me to hear you saying that and a lot of people saying that because a year ago, I was talking to people, like, pretty high up in that company that were like, this is our next big guy. This is our next big star. We have a bullet in the chamber, I think somebody told me, in regard to a next huge breakout star in Wardlow. I don't know how they dropped the ball to this point where the guy is just so lost in the mix. He was over like Grover not long ago. Yeah. Well, I, so much of it was, I think, the the story of the MJF program, obviously having a heel like an MJF be able to do much of that build uh, heading into that that itself. But, you know, outside of, of, of MJF, I don't think he's found the chemistry with any other uh, opponents. Um, I think hot potatoing this championship has not necessarily helped either. Um, the the whole like you know haircut that I, I like it was a big story he could have told you know heading into the program. Um, but it just it didn't really result in much that I would say has ever elevated him up until this point. So yeah, curious to see where they go. Uh, lastly, here backstage at Collision, Fightful was saying uh, Chris Hero was there. Uh, this comes on the heels of Jimmy Jacobs, apparently, joining the AEW writing team. Uh, Saturday nights, it, you know, it's a good thing they have Ring of Honor taping alongside Collision because it sure feels like a Ring of Honor show. <laughs> 20, it's, like the, it's like the Ring of Honor 20 years ago guys are now just running Saturday nights, which I think is kind of beautiful and wonderful in a way. I hope I hope Chris Harris sticks around. I mean, from from all accounts, I mean he's run one of the best minds in professional wrestling that's out there. Honestly, like we all thought that he might have at least found a role on air, um, maybe as part of a roster at this point, um, and, and that hasn't necessarily panned out. But in a backstage capacity, I'm positive he has so much offer to, especially a lot of the younger talent back there. Yeah, I I think it's like with Hero, I don't I don't know what it is. It's, I know he's just you know got his vibe these days. It was just an aesthetic thing, right? Like everybody was so used to seeing him looking one way for so long, and then he came back in NXT and he's wearing the basketball jersey and everything. Mm -hmm. It was just odd. But right? in AEW, like, do people necessarily care about that? You know, no, no. Eddie so King either. Eddie Kingston broke the mold for that one. I think completely. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I hope so too. I love Chris Hero. He's a very very talented guy. It is just wild to me. It's like him, Joe, Punk. You got a steal up in the rafters or wherever he is these days. Like the whole the whole band's getting back together. And by the way, ROH was taping before uh, Collision, and there was some really good action. I thought on that show last night. So I know not everybody's really watching it because it's kind of a tough program to get into at the moment. But ROH is, I think, starting to take some shape in the kind of different talent that they're presenting and keeping the brand alive i don't know just want to throw I'm, that out there i'm curious to know what shape it does take now that you have two more hours of first run programming on on, on these shows i mean how does it change rampage um what in what will they do to continue to incentivize people to pay their ten dollars a month to watch another two hours on top of everything i don't know how long you can continue that model right and, and i guess you know if you've got how many is they got like 12,000, 15,000 subscribers at like 10 bucks a pop. So, I mean, I guess that's 
some money, but nowhere near what it cover costs to, to, to produce that show. It, it's just gotta be Tony Khan's sandbox at this point. This is the stuff that he, these are people he wants to see, wants to keep around. He doesn't know what to do with them. Maybe there's people that Warner brothers doesn't want to work with or things they don't want to do. And this is where you can go do it. And, and it will be interesting to see what ring of honor shape does it take in the next couple of years. Uh, all right, let's move over to WWE land. Um, this past Friday night on SmackDown, we saw the latest turn in the story of the bloodline. The Usos now definitively out of the bloodline and over on SmackDown Flowdown, which I did not even know was a thing, but I wanted to cite it appropriately. Flowdown, okay. Yeah. Hmm. SmackDown Flowdown. I think it's like a social media show that they're doing. Okay. But that right. is where on Saturday they made this match official. It is going down. The Usos versus Roman Reigns, Solo Sokoa uh, at Money in the Bank. And I guess for me, I'm starting to wonder where they're going with this, right? Like if the bloodline's dissolving and it's just Roman standing alone, it, it, this is the this is the third act of Macbeth. It doesn't feel like this guy gets to keep the title that much longer, but I could be very, very wrong. Um, Sorry, I just wanted to correct you. I think it's SmackDown Lowdown. Flowdown. Flowdown. Flowdown is a, a much better name, I would say. But let me um, see here. Oh, I did a SmackDown Lowdown. I did that by memory. That was my bad. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, Flowdown I, was really good, though. You're right. Flowdown sounds way better. They should really change it. So good. Uh, you're, you're asking where, where they go after this? Yeah, I mean, like where where are? I mean, the the bloodline is dissolving here, right? I mean, it doesn't feel like. Well, I don't know. Well, you know, listen, you know, families uh, break up. They they get back together all the time. No matter what, these people will remain stuck together at some point. But before that, we have some big events to really build up to, and that includes, of course, SummerSlam. I mean, this entire year for both Cody and Roman Reigns is about creating something compelling for both of them without interacting with one another. You know, until WrestleMania, and um, I think an Usos program with Roman Reigns and Solo Sokoa is one of the best things you can do to peak a mid-season. Uh, and coming off of like this is a huge tag team match, no doubt, but a singles title defense with Roman is going to be that much bigger at SummerSlam, and you would have to think a Roman versus Jay match is the direction and i think it, it could potentially be really really big it seems fitting for a SummerSlam. if it's not cody versus reigns are going to jay uso versus roman reigns is a big chip that you can cash in that completely ties things back to where they were three years ago yeah i i think i think brock cost cody this match with dominic mysterio at least i really hope so setting up the the rubber match for SummerSlam and keeping those guys apart but I mean, you hit the nail on the head. It's about keeping these guys hot until WrestleMania next year. It's just wild to me that they are going to run this thing back. They're going to do it again. And it gives me even more belief that, yeah, there's a possibility that the the Bucks and Hangman Page, a couple of these guys might be jumping ship at the end of the year. If they could look across the pod and say, man, if we were if we had Cody's back against a unified bloodline after a year of squabbling amongst that group, that that really takes things to the next level for WrestleMania. That would be wild. That potential would be wild. Yeah, an interesting question is, yeah, okay, come April, um, are the are the Usos completely separate from Roman Reigns? Or, you know, is this like any other, uh, other TV drama involving families and somehow 
the Usos end up falling back in line with Roman Reigns. Because you could definitely argue that the bloodline is just an act that you should not be breaking up ever because it, it, everything has just been so great with each other. How can the Usos... The Usos are fantastic, and I'm sure at this point they'll be more than fine on their own. But, man, things are, they're so much better with Roman Reigns. You can argue Sami Zayn is so much better with you know the bloodline as well. So do you completely break this group up after SummerSlam? Uh, or do you somehow find them back together i'm just saying you know and again this is like the ultimate fantasy book here right but you know in order to bring a group like that back together after such a deep schism they have to have a common goal a common enemy right mm. i see the young bucks staring down the usos i see hangman page staring down solo sokoa and i see cody and roman one more time and you can you could do so much there uh, I mean, it, it, if, if for everybody who got all upset, how could you have Cody lose to Roman Reigns? It makes no sense. But then you see it build to something like that. I don't think that you'd have a, any person in the room sitting there telling you you did the wrong thing because it would be so much bigger and more grand if it was that way around the second time. I think this sort of conversation is um, salivating for uh, the elite to listen to right now while they're on the negotiating table because they have great, huge potential money programs on either side of, uh, of the fence. Yeah, and I, you know, again, we don't really know what Punk's contract is like, but we haven't heard anything about Punk's contract coming up, so I'm guessing. And you would that think it would be extended given the injury. I haven't heard that. I haven't heard that, but uh, but I I I haven't heard anything about Punk's contract coming up. That makes me think that he's maybe gonna be around or his contract maybe longer than the bunks the bucks and, and page i mean to be a fly on the wall right now with those guys right in their contract negotiations i would be fascinated to see where things stand right now between them and the company because it's not like tony khan is not giving them seemingly everything they want they were in like three main events at once this past week between the blackpool combat club eddie kingston and will osprey you know <laughs> so there you go mm -hmm. so um, all right, well, looking ahead to Money in the Bank here, too. We had a pair of people join the fray when it comes to the Money in the Bank matches. First of all, Logan Paul has announced himself for the men's Money in the Bank match. Yet another competitor who has never won world championship joining the mix. Are you a fan of Logan Paul uh, entering the field here? I'm a huge fan of Logan Paul. Uh, well, first of all, in 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 professional wrestling, um, <laughs> outside of professional wrestling, honestly, I don't I don't know all that much about him other than past controversies of which like a lot of his audiences say he's he's different from. All yeah. I can really speak about is just how he fits within the WWE ecosystem as a talent and as sort of like an ambassador at this point. And I think he's fantastic. Mm -hmm. Like you you really cannot ask for a better celebrity at his level to be so good at this both in ring and also now finally clicking as you know um rightfully as a heel rather than as a, a an ill-fitting baby oh, face so for, much for better so much better he's so good and i think a money in the bank gimmick is perfect for logan paul um first of all a ladder match involving him at this point you, you know given his athleticism and his ability to sort of like execute spots live on tv like you know that cell phone's coming out for something uh off of a ladder maybe from the moment he actually grabs the briefcase you know he could do a selfie tiktok video or something i don't know something involving prime um but i i think it, it's spectacular for that reason i think a gimmick that allows him to be relevant without necessarily appearing on the show um and, and allows him to be a constant threat to enter at any point 
is wonderful for him. Um, I think the 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 ability for Paul to like you know just carry this thing around, either like you know uh, leaving it in, in, on his uh, set for for his podcast or taking it to whatever social media obligations that that he's going to be a part of is going to be great for the WWE and beyond that. I think a Logan Paul championship match and maybe even a championship run would be fantastic as a heel opposing this workers champion like a Seth Rollins, you know, a part timer like a Logan Paul threatening to take the belt off of the the the, the working man's champion. Uh, it, it, there's potential for a wonderful rematch down down the road. Totally, yeah. And they had a great match at WrestleMania, right? And mm-hmm. Logan Paul did the honors for Seth there, so uh, you know definitely a a reason to run it back there i'm with you man but it sounds like you're way all in on logan paul winning this thing and you have a Mm -hmm. lot of reason to be but man you would have some really upset la night fans right now because like that there is it's getting cultish right like the the la night fandom is getting getting a little weird right people are way into this guy right now i i i kind of hate to say it but i mean you know, you look at the Brian Danielson uh, uh, build and really sort of like a lot of the WWE quote unquote successes they've had with like baby faces that have been under pushed. And how do they get there? It's from being under pushed. You know, you mm. tease people that, that you know, there's, there'll be something more and they will. LA Knight for sure will get that tease. Every sort of climb of the ladder from LA Knight is going to receive a huge reception. But he's falling short is going to do more for an L.A. night babyface run than winning at this point. And he is a babyface already, I would and, say. And you know what? If if uh, it is L.A. night right there at the last second, Logan Paul springboard buckshot Larry mm-hmm. off the ladder, taking him down. He's playing the role of heel right now. I mean, he was doing the cheapest of cheap heat on Monday night. I, I don't usually condone it and cheer it on, but, you know, for him, I think it's okay. And uh, coming out of it, man, if if we get L.A. Knight, Logan Paul at SummerSlam uh, with a L.A. Knight heated up, and, you know, he hasn't – the thing that's so interesting about L.A. Knight to me is you talk about taking lemons and making lemonade. This guy's getting nothing. He hasn't had an opponent. He hasn't had a feud. He's had occasional matches. But, I mean, the last time this guy was in a program was Bray Wyatt, and that thing sucked wind. That was a terrible program. You know? yeah, totally. <laughs> Again, you know, it, 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 despite – I think that's why he's he's been building such a, a following. I mean, everybody can see that he's overachieving what they are giving him. Um, and all he has to do is really just continue to do that while at the same time being given little morsels here and there, maybe even big morsels, you know, at a Money in the Bank, bank match. But – this is going to be, I think, a big match for him. I, I look look at it as a match that will benefit uh, greatly. You know, I'm sure Butch will get a great reception in London. Sure. Uh, Pete Dunne. Damian Priest, I'm sure, will play a big, you know, great big man role. And somehow that'll build to his next program, maybe with Finn Balor even. Um, but I, I also think, you know, coming out of this, it's it's LA Knights match. And it's also Logan, I almost said Logan Roy, uh, Logan Paul's match, you know. Um, so, yeah, it should be big game it's secession right secession here yeah. money in the bank yeah. uh, money in the bank and don't tease me with damian priest and finn balor i want i want the judgment day to stay together so much i i saw i've seen the teases the rumors about jd mcdonough joining the group i'd be totally fine with that i am all in on the judgment day way 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 too early to be breaking that group up in my opinion it's all about civil wars right now, isn't it? Civil well, wars are hot. One at a time, please. One okay. At time. One sure. at a time. Uh, also, in the Money in the Bank matches for the women, Trish Stratus uh, earned her way uh, into entry in uh, the women's Money in the Bank. 
Becky Lynch uh, interfered in the match with Raquel Rodriguez, and she said, well, maybe I did it on purpose because now I've got Trish in this in this uh, match with ladders and things like that. Unlike the men's match, obviously some former world champions here in the women's match. Uh, is Trish Stratus, do you think she'd be the right person to carry the, the, the briefcase right now? Um, I, You know, as the heel Trish with a Zoe Stark, you know, by her side to maybe protect her with the briefcase, I think actually works really well. Me too. Yeah. Um, now, just maybe going by prior booking of the WWE money in the banks. Um, you know, if we do have a Logan Paul say, you know, keep the brain, uh, keep the briefcase active, would they want two heels at the same time, you know, holding the briefcase? Yeah. I mean, sure. Why not? I think, I think he's great, but I also tend to think that uh, my favorite going into the match might be EO, EO sky. Mm-hmm. Um, just cause I think she's, she was so on the cusp of like, you know, that next level, she's currently in a program with Bailey and you can tell that jealousy angle that way. Um, and she would also be a baby face uh, that would be able to, you know, cash in, or, or at least hold it and to be built to build towards an eventual babyface turn as well. So I, I kind of like EO sky, but I think Trish is, uh, makes a lot of sense as well. Well, and Trish really doesn't need it, right? Mm. Trish is Trish. EO sky would be, would be great with it, but I, man, I'm, I'm all about heels hold money in the bank. It, it always kind of bums me out when I see a baby face win it. Cause I just know it's not going to be as much fun. I think is when you get a heel. Mm. Uh, all right. Lastly here. And what a great note here. It is pride month, obviously happy pride. As I was telling way before we got on the show, Willow, my my beautiful little beagle, participated in her first Pride dog parade this past Sunday. And uh, she was beautiful, a lot of attention, perfect dog, didn't win, but that's okay. Winning is in the eye of the beholder. Um, but Wrestling Junkie caught up with Braun Breaker, who has a big match tonight against Seth Rollins. Uh, and he had this to say on his father's anti-trans comments that he reports. So if you don't know the story, at WrestleCon, Rick Steiner... Uh, made some anti-trans uh, comments towards the G- Giselle Shaw from Impact Wrestling, who is a trans wrestler. Very controversial. Uh, and so Braun Breaker now finally getting asked about it. He says, yeah, you know, I appreciate the question. I can't speak for my father, but that's not a reflection of me and who I am and what I'm about, which, you know, should have gone without saying, but considering the <laughs> considering his proximity to, you know, his father, I'm glad he addressed it. I thought he, I thought it was the right thing to be said. And, uh, I, I, you know, maybe could have taken it a little bit further, but no reason for this guy to get off into the weeds right now, get tied up in some controversy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, to be quite honest with you, I was a little surprised that we, we didn't hear from Ron, like closer to the actual, you know, uh, 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 incident itself. Um, something like that is not to be taken lightly, um, mm-hmm. at, at all. Um, so, you know, I can also understand like maybe him not wanting to put more gas on the fire, maybe WWE not wanting him to comment to put more gas on, on, on that potential fire. Um, but Hey, like he, he said what he needed to say here, you know, right. and, and that was distance himself from, from these comments. Um, you know, did, uh, and, and, you know, able to say, um, at least it's not him. So, um, I, I hope to, be able to hear him speak a bit, a bit more at length about it, but at least this was, you know, something that was, ha- I was happy to hear. Yes. And, yes. I figured it was going to come when somebody asked him a, a point blank about it, by the way, credit to wrestling junkies for actually getting him to comment on it. I thought it was a really good question. Um, yeah. I would like to hear him say more, but you know, and again, I, I don't want to make excuses for you, but you got to imagine this guy has 800 guns to his head in a situation like that. It's family. It's your, it's your boss. 
it's everybody, right? And yeah. sometimes it's just easier to just sit there and wait for somebody like me or Wrestle Junkies to ask you about it so you can say, I had to say something, right? Take the heat off, pass it somewhere else. So anyway, uh, regardless, we support trans people here much like and if by the way on that note as we're doing the outro here i had the privilege of being a collision the first collision this past uh saturday night after the show was over cm punk came out into the ring brought in a youth with him who had a support lgbtq plus youth sign they put over the kid he got a very impassioned promo about trans rights and lgbtq plus rights full video full transcription over on the site right now man i don't I don't know that Punk could have won the narrative, the day, whatever it is about getting back on track more than he did on Collision. You, you, you got your little tease with the Elite, but you got inroads to potential programs with Samoa Joe and MJF. And then this, how do you not like him kind of promo to end the show where anybody who didn't like it seems to be getting their asses handed to them on social media right now. <laughs> yeah, completely. And rightfully so. Yes. Um, yes. Agreed. Yeah. Uh, you know, shout out Brody King as well, you know, for a wonderful response the other day to Dutch Mantel. Um, I think, you know, something like this exemplifies why we all fell in love with CM Punk in the first place. Voice of the voiceless, you know, somebody who can provide a platform and, you know, you, you through the, through that incredibly charismatic vessel provide, a boost for um, communities that that sorely need it. Um, and I don't, I would assume that it was not at all a planned sort of speech, you know, because I don't know if he would have anticipated a you know, kid with that sign there. Um, but boy, did it sound wonderful. Uh, got a great bit of press. Uh, the, the, the Probably the most, I would say, positive, like, type of punk press that he's had in a long, long time, you know, from a, a, a source like Newsweek covering and picking up that, that, that particular promo as well. So again, part of the reason why we all fell in love with punk in the first place. Right. And as a final statement for that baby face night of a CM punk uh, returning in Chicago, it, it felt incredibly fitting. Yeah. Agreed. It was really, really good. I encourage everybody to check it out. And uh, we got some great uh, content here still to come this week. Now, way, joined us today he's wearing that beautiful post wrestling shirt right now and maybe we'll see another beautiful post wrestling shirt on thursday as we will be joined by way's counterpart the wonderful john pollock will be talking all the news with me on thursday friday we are going to draw we are going to do the live AEW fantasy draft i meant to do this past friday but literally five minutes before i went to go live for an hour with my good friend ej cameron to do this wonderfully light fun fantasy draft the espn article dropped and i politely asked ej if we could just postponed so that i could jump on this news and get it out in a timely fashion he was very uh nice about that so we're going to do it this friday um also tomorrow on the house wrestling podcast feed my conversation with dylan possel where unfortunately if you haven't seen the highlight coming out yesterday dylan confirms that it does not seem like you're going to see swoggle horn swoggle back in action anytime again in the future for any major promotion because of a second failed back surgery um so we cover a lot about that on a on a more positive note it sounds like uh, his son has taken a real shine to the pro wrestling business. And so possibly the first second generation little person wrestler on the way there. Isn't that cool? Yeah, really cool. I, I love no it. idea. Wow. Uh, dude, it's a banger. I love the thing that's so good about this interview with Dylan was we were just like having so we were doing so well. We we're having a good time. At the end of it, he starts talking about his company, ACW in Oshkosh, Wisconsin. And I was like, oh, yeah, I. <laughs> I worked for you in ACW uh, and you ring when I was a manager was in a volleyball pit in a sand volleyball pit. It was disgusting. I was rolling around sweaty in a suit. It was one of the most awful experiences of my whole life. And I didn't get to meet him because he was super famous at the time. 
Um, and he told me that that took place. He knew exactly the venue. He knew exactly when it happened. It was in 2008 or 2007, meaning I was booked by him more than 15 years ago. And uh, that is just a wild little makes me feel old moment there. Uh, so go check out me and Dylan. That's on the House Wrestling feed tomorrow. And uh, I'll be at Dynamite tomorrow night as well with my wife, Liz. And I'll be heading to Money in the Bank next weekend for Money in the Bank. Heading to London next weekend for Money in the Bank. All right. Wait, anything you want to plug, promote, put over here to wrap up uh, the show today? I just wanted to say a huge thank you and a huge congratulations on what you've done, Nick. You know, I mean, you, you mentioned maybe us inspiring you. Honestly, you continue to inspire us by how hard you work. I, we all see the hustle that you're putting into these, whether it be at the press conferences, your articles that you're putting out, these sort of podcasts. I mean, you, you know, as uh, we know how much like work goes into doing this with the two, uh, me and John, for you to do all of this by yourself. A ton of respect for what you've accomplished here at House of Wrestling. Thank, uh, thank you. I appreciate that. Hopefully I'm, I won't be alone forever here. I'm just working on getting to the point where I can bring people on responsibly and pay them. <laughs> yes, more than understood. You know, but for us, if you, if you happen to uh, find something of value from what I've spoken uh, or, or my my type of, uh, uh, you know, analyses here tonight, uh, do check out Post Wrestling. We are available on all podcast platforms. We also have a presence on YouTube. Just simply search Post Wrestling and you can find all of our post shows after every Monday, after every Wednesday. Wednesday. And if you truly like us, decide uh, maybe you will consider jumping into the Post Wrestling Cafe, which is our Patreon. We are complete. Uh, we are we are fan supported. I would say not completely, but we used to be. We do rely on some advertising revenue right now, but we're principally fan supported. So that's where we do reviews of SmackDown. We just launched an AEW Collision review as well, among other bonus podcasts. A whole lot of stuff coming out right now, including uh, Brandon Thurston and John Pollock on Pollock and Thurston talking to Dave Meltzer this Wednesday. That is actually available on the, on the free feed. So do check that out if you happen to be in the toronto area join us at our pre and post forbidden door party called forbidden pour it's taking place right next door at real sports uh and we will be doing a whole lot of stuff john and i will be doing a live podcast there we'll be having wrestling trivia for a lot of giveaways and wrestling themed cocktails afterwards for the after party we will be having wrestling karaoke with our friends at poison rana so uh, it'll definitely be probably the only place you could do wrestling karaoke in a near, nearby vicinity, literally steps away from Scotiabank Arena. So go to postwrestling.com slash live if you're interested in that. Wonderful. Yeah. And dude, you guys have just been knocking out of the park. The, the Tony Khan interview that, that John and Brandon did recently was very, very good. A lot of great content over there. Go support post wrestling. And thank you all so, so much for supporting House of Wrestling, houseofwrestling.com, H-A-U-S of wrestling.com. And thank you again to Premier Streaming Network for bringing you all the video version of the show here today. If you like us, you can also find us on the podcast feed. Nice reviews are always appreciated. Go ahead, grab your shoes, grab your hat, grab your coat, grab whatever you left on the table over here. Get on out the door. But remember, you're welcome back anytime. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets and so much more download the app in virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at bet mgm 
BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.